Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. We're putting up new buildings, we're knocking down the old We're working in the summer heat and in the winter cold And the labour power we sell me boys for a hard and weekly pay Produces mighty profits for the greedy MBA And whether we were born here or born in Italy in Greece, in Spain, or Ireland, in England, or Fiji We all of us are workers, united we must stand Until the wealthy bludgers have been driven from our land We faced deregistration, it backfired in the face We're not fooled by arbitration, we won't stay in our place we hit the bosses hard and fast to win and keep our gains And break a couple of concrete floors to back our lug of claims So keep your powder dry and hold your head up high It's glass to glass and face to face, our limit is the sky We've got a fighting history and we never will be cowed Our builder's labour is a name to make a man feel proud And it's good morning from the Concrete Gang, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed on 8.55 on the AM uh, dial every Sunday morning at 9.30, 3CR Community Radio. And we've got a, spe- special, for, uh, a special for the listeners this morning. We've got a guest in here today, uh, an absolute champion, but we'll read He's not it. talking about me, so... It's not you, Campo. Uh, you, you can read out his profile. His profile. He played 350 AFL games. He... 20, uh, 329 for Footscray, 216 goals, uh, 21 games for Fitzroy. He was Footscray's leading goal kicker in 91, a captain of Footscray between 90, 90 and to 93, and uh, graduated the CFMU traffic control course. And also, what about his political career? Oh, and a candidate for the Palmer Party. <laughs> <laughs> and here he is, the great man himself. Douglas. Thank you, Gorilla and Campo. Lovely to be here on a beautiful Sunday morning here in uh, sunny... Are we in Collingwood or where am I? Yeah, we're sort of Collingwood, yeah. Uh, Collingwood, yeah. It's grouse to be here anyway. Yeah, good on you. I'll tell you, how so good Dougie, Google? Yeah, Dougie Hawkins is just an absolute legend. Uh, he's uh, been in the, he's been a member of ours for 10 years and he's been working on the traffic management. We thought we'd get him in a bit of a thrill for the listeners to talk a bit, a bit of football. So, Did you see that there, Gorilla? He mentioned, Campo mentioned, I won the goal kicking, which is the late um, uh, Jack Collins medal. That year, have a guess how many goals I kicked that year and I won it. Well, you had to wait till I got off it. <laughs> 28 goals. Well, that's all right. Well, where were you playing on the wing, though, weren't you? I was playing back pocket that year. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, 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 no, I kicked 38, I don't matter. But I reckon Dunstall and Lockett, it kicked it by round four. 
Took me 22 yeah, games yeah. to get 38 goals. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, and you had your own wing there, Douglas? Got Doug- my own wing at the uh, Witten Oval. Witten Oval. The old Western Oval back in those days, as you guys would have ventured out there and watched the yes. footy out there, I'd imagine. And, well, um, got to watch the Mighty Bombers out there play the Bulldogs. Always struggled the Bombers against the yeah, Dogs. Didn't matter did, where yeah. we were on the ladder. The good sides, even the Carltons and the Collingwoods in their, in their early 80 days, they struggled at that uh, Western Oval, Witten Oval. I remember in 2000, I went and saw Essendon play, and it was the first time I've ever or I thought they were going to win. The first time I've gone and seen, I thought, yeah, definitely going to get a win here. They played Footscray, and they flooded the back line. Oh. The year they didn't lose one game, and as soon as I go, they lose. Oh, yeah, yeah, It was yeah. terrible. And the game they lost. Yeah, they? exactly. Yeah. Who do you reckon was the greatest player you played on? It's not- uh, played on uh, Gorilla. Well, I, I, when I first started back in 1978, I was only 17. I come straight out of the Braybrook Juniors, and... Uh, here I am all of a sudden, my, I broke for North Melbourne as a kid and my hero was a bloke called Keith Gregg. And, oh, uh, yeah. You know, back-to-back Brownlow medals in 73, 74. My first game of VFL footy was against North and I lined up on Keith Gregg. So <laughs> here I am, I'm 17, I'm 10 stone wet. I've come straight out of the juniors and uh, here I am lined up on my hero, Keith Gregg. So to play on him um, was something very, very special. And then on the other wing was Wayne Schimmelbush. So Jeez, it didn't cool. get much easier than to play on two great players like that first up. Uh, and then the next week we played St Kilda and I played on Robbie Muir. Jeez. So I thought he, said, he, he, he called me a few names I didn't know I actually was. But, anyway, <laughs> but we got along very well after the game. We had a couple of beers together and... Uh, um, but probably probably the best, because back in those days, there's some great players. You know, Mickey Turner at Geelong, Ricky Barham at, at Collingwood, um, Jeff Cunningham at St Kilda, uh, Brian Wood, who was at Richmond at that stage before he'd crossed over to Essendon yeah. in 84, 85. Yeah. Um, of course, Robert Dippier Domenico was a fantastic player, great competitor, uh, Brownlow medalist. Um, he didn't know what he was going to do. He didn't know himself. I didn't have a clue what he was going to do. So playing on a bloke like that. And then I've left this bloke for last. And uh, he played for Melbourne, and his name oh, was Robert Rob Flower, Flower, the yeah. late Robbie, the late Robbie Flower, absolute, champion. absolute superstar. Boys, he was just a fantastic player, uh, ball player, had more tricks than you can imagine. Uh, and when that big V went on him, because he didn't play a lot of finals at Melbourne, um, uh, he was just so special. So for me, Robbie Flower was probably the hardest player. And then the late Darren Mullane, Darren Mullane at Collingwood, he arrived in the mid eighties. Uh, he was a, a, he was the real deal. I mean, he could play footy and he was very, very aggressive and he was, uh, him and Dennis Banks together was very, 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 very dangerous. So, <laughs> you know, to go from those physical players, but to go to just sheer brilliance, you'd go to flower for me. What about, how many times did you play for Victoria? I played only for Victoria on five occasions. Only, only four. Uh, um, they, were, they were great. They were gorilla. They were yeah. fantastic days. Obviously the great man. Ted Witten, yeah. Teddy Witten running, yeah. running the show there more or less and... Uh, that, you know, one was to play you know, for Footscray um, and then to play VFL, and the other one was to play for Victoria. You know, and to achieve that was, was was pretty special. Yeah. And what was it like when you finally broke Teddy's record? Was it a sort of... A- <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was, uh, it was a great honour you know, yeah. to be in the same bracket or the same same mention of the name EJ Witt, Mr Football. You, not many people... You get called Mr Football, there's a reason why you get called that. Yeah. You're one of the... Um, Arguably one of the, the, the greatest player probably to ever play the game, and some people would say. So for a boy from Braybrook, which Teddy was from Braybrook as well, and 
uh, to to break his record, it was just um, it was just a great honour, if that makes any sense. And, and my footy, I'd been struggling a bit that year. I'd been playing at my best footy, and uh, uh, and to be able to to run it in the ground and have Ted there, like he was working there for a mob called, I think it was uh, K Rock in Geelong. He was working on the radio there, and to have him out in the ground that day, I'd, and have my two daughters with me as well. Uh, and my wife Raylene, and to to break the banner and have the great man there to greet you uh, was very very special. I gave him a handball. He gave me a flick pass. Flick pass, yeah, flick yeah, pass yeah, it yeah. back. I said to Teddy, "You can't flick pass, mate. Them days are over." And he said, "You get out there and you stick it up, him, Dougie." Well, so well, it was just very very special. But that'll always stick because you know the old everyone says, "I'll oh, give us old Teddy, give us a Teddy Witt and flick pass," haven't you? You know all that. So. But how sad was it the day they, they drove him around the MCG, yeah, you know, yeah. with his son and that? Jeez, that was... Yeah. Oh, it was mate. terrible, boys, wasn't it? I mean, it, oh, when I say oh, terrible, I mean, not, once I retract that, I mean, it was, it was special. It yeah, was yeah. sad, it was special. Yeah. You know, young Teddy Jr., he was sort of more or less... Um, he was half half blind at that stage yeah. of the prostate cancer and he, he'd had a stroke. And um, I, I hadn't gone to see him because I, I didn't want to see him... And I regret this now. It's one of my biggest regrets in life. I didn't go and see Ted when he was crook. The last, you know, took the last fair bit of it, and I just want to remember him as the man yeah, that had yeah. that handshake, had the greatest oh, handshake ever, crush a hand, and yeah. and I just wanted to have that memory of him. So uh, I actually didn't go to that game because uh, young Teddy told me that Dad was too sick that he wouldn't be able to make the uh, the Victoria game against South Australia. So um, I went away with my family up to Rich River. So, and I was playing at Fitzroy at that stage, so obviously I wasn't playing. So uh, I got up there and I turned the TV on. The first thing I saw was Teddy in the car yeah. doing a lap of honour. I'm standing there crying. Yeah, and I'm bringing the that. clothes, I'm bringing the kids in and, and all the stuff into the room. And Raylan said, what's, what's wrong with you? I said, Ted's made the game. He, got, he actually went and I found out later he went and got a haircut that morning to go to the game and, uh, and to say goodbye to the people, not just the Victoria, but the people of Australia that, who loved him. Yeah. A lot of people didn't interstate didn't like him, but we all loved. Teddy well, he Whitten. made State of Origin what it was really. Uh, even the hype up behind Camber, it, even 100%, when he was in camp, hundred percent. He he kept it alive. He, yeah. uh, EJ actually kept that alive. That State of Origin, of course. Malcolm Brown up in Western Australia, and he got Neil Curley, Curley down in, in South, Adelaide. Yeah. Curls was fantastic. So to, to just yeah to to yeah to that day when he did that lap of honour, that is the most emotional. Thing you see at the MCG, including all the great grand finals, I would think. Yeah, you see, the, is that a fair? F- yeah, you see, yeah, yeah, you see the footage now, and it still tingles yeah, down you your get, back. It's yeah, 100%. well, I remember what happened. We were all working just down the road in, in Victoria Parade, myself and Buzzer, and uh, well, three, I think four or five hundred building workers, and uh, yeah. now his name, um, the Scaffolder, the Brandlow medalist, you know, from Fitzroy, uh, Kevin Murray, Kevin Murray, Bulldog Murray, yep. So, yep. so what happened? He came in with his Victoria jumper on. He had his Brownlow medal around his neck. He got up and uh, made a speech about Ted on the job. Oh, mate, every bloke tears in the eyes. Like five hundred tough uh, building workers, and uh, believe it or not, we didn't go back to work. We went. We, we decided we're going to knock off the rest of the day and go to the pub. Didn't make the builders too happy, but anyway, we had a good celebration for the great man. Yeah, for yeah, it was amazing. It really was amazing, um, and. Just when EJ had passed away, it was it was on the footy show that yeah. night. Eddie Maguire got up there at about ten o'clock. It was the last break, and uh, t- um, Eddie came home and said, "Listen, Hawk, I've got some sad news. EJ's just passed away." Mm. You know, and then when we crossed back live, Sam Newman couldn't hardly speak, and then he crossed to me, and I just said, "I, I love Teddy. I had the tears. I was just crying." Yeah. I, you know, and I reckon you know Sam even Newman even said this if it had 
EJ had passed away before the show, we wouldn't have gone on. I don't think I don't think I would have went on. Yeah. So it's just amazing, it really was. Well, it's now twenty six years ago. Twenty six years. All right. Yeah. And um, what about your, your mighty bulldogs? They're absolutely flying. Are you sort of you're not down there in any role at the moment? No, I actually I, I go down there now, uh, Gorilla, and I open the door so they can run out onto the ground. <laughs> and I move the witches' hats around. I give the witches' hats a bit of a move and um, clean your sign, the Dougie yeah, Hawkins clean wing. Clean me wing out there. Mm, and, wing. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't have much involved. Yeah, you know, you, you sort of you, you sort of have your time. It, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. You sort of. Um, yeah. You have your moment, and you know, five years ago now, when they won that flag in 2016, was really special to win yeah. it the way they did. I mean, they, they it was just really, it was just a miracle. T- it was sort of like an miracle to come back from seventh and to go and beat the Eagles, and then come back and beat the Hawks, and then go and beat GWS, and then go and beat Sydney in the grand final. It doesn't happen like that at that level. Nah. It could happen at a country level or something yeah. like that, but not not at the highest level. No, just fantastic. So. So, no, I don't have a lot of involvement um, with the club, which is it's a bit sad in a way. It is, yeah. It's a bit sad in a way. And, uh, you know, but, you know, we have a new president there now, Kylie um, Watson-Wheeler. She's fantastic. I oh, met she's her. doing a great job. Yeah, she yeah. is. I went to the president's lunch last uh, last week, which was the first one I've been to for a while. And uh, me well, and my wife, Raylene, went along to that. And it was it was fantastic. Well, have a look at all the good clubs now. They've all, they've all, they've all got um, women presidents now, all the good clubs. Yeah, Richmond, yep. now Footscray. Yeah. They'd be rapt to see you back down there, you know. 100%. I live, I live right near um, Whitten Oval. I'll tell you, it's good to see you go, like, near me. You can't get a park when the women's football's on. The whole joint's packed. The whole joint's alive. It's good to see yeah, yeah, people yeah. back at the grounds. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so um, all right. Uh, what else we got? I've uh, got to I've got to give it to the Goanna though. Oh, we've got to give it to the Goanna now. You go on. Go you, on. You yeah, go. yeah. Well, well, the Goanna. Apparently, this is what uh, I I'll heard. give it. I'll <laughs> give it to right. I rang Goanna. I said, I said the Gorilla's got a guest. You'll never, you know. You never guess who it is. Doug Hawkins. He goes, who's Doug Hawkins? I said, you go for Footscray. He goes. Yeah, who's Doug Hawkins? I said, you know that Grey Book pub where you have a few beers every now and again? You know the statue at the front? That's, well, that's him. That's him. <laughs> Do you know the story in that statue? Nah. When I was 16, I got kicked out of the Brobrook Hotel for underage drinking. Yeah. Three nights in a row. <laughs> Took yeah. me money and kicked me out. 25 years later, they invited me back and they put a statue at the front of the hotel of me. Can you believe that? No one ever... Ever, ever would have been kicked out of their local hotel for underage drink and they put a statue at the front. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Only in Greybrook. Only in Greybrook. We might get the first leg of the double kicked out of the hotels, but we'd never have a statue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a great effort, mate. Great yeah. effort. But it's a, an absolute great career you've had, and you're. Uh, you're very well liked in the construction industry, are you, as you are through through the whole football industry. You've been a Absolute champion, and uh, it's great to have you in the in the surf. I mean, you're now working on the tools and all that, and um, but you've been uh, in the union for ten years. How do you, yeah, find, I have, how well, do you find it? I, I love it. Like, I started ten years ago. Uh, I was actually working back then uh, with a company called Phoenix, um, which I, I'm not actually working with them at the minute. I'm uh, going to be involved with a company called Argus, which are just starting out. So I'm going to get involved with that and. The guy involved with Argus, a guy called Toby Pimwell, who actually got me into this gig yeah. to to first do um, the road traffic. I was doing nothing at home. I was sitting home doing nothing. Uh, a mate of mine. That's, uh, dang- that's dangerous. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, a, a mate of mine. Uh, I hope you don't mind mentioning. I don't know. This guy was an organizer with the union. A bloke called uh, Adam Hall up yeah, in Melbourne. Yeah, 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 and Hall he said, "Listen, Hawk, what are you doing?" I said, "I'm not doing much." 
He said, would you do road traffic? I said, mate, you're kidding. I'm not, I'm not going to hold a lolly. I called it lollipop. Yeah. He said, you don't call it lollipop, are you? Hawk? You don't call it that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the stop slow. Uh, anyway, I went and did that for a week. Uh, the money tree went in the bank and I thought, <laughs> they made a mistake with my wages, but they said that was it. <laughs> I said, let's do another week, can I? So that was 10 years ago. So got- I've, been, I've been a uh, road traffic controller for 10 years. I, I, I actually... I got a lot of mates who say to me, Dougie, why would you do the road traffic? Why, why not? Why, why wouldn't I? I, mean, I love doing it. I yeah. enjoy it. Uh, I meet great blokes in the, in the industry. The CFMEU union is the best $500 that I've ever, ever spent because uh, they do a fantastic job. They look after their members. Uh, and, and I'm not doing that because we're here. I'm doing it because that's a fact. That's how it is. So it's the best money I've ever, ever spent with the union. And uh, and I love doing what I do, and it's a very very simple. Not that I'm simple. It's a very simple job. It's a very well, simple, it, it, basic well, job. Well, it does sound simple, but I mean, it's a very important job. You, you, you've, got, you've got you've got other people, people's lives in your hands. 100%. I mean, uh, and uh, yeah, that's a, the traffic management is a very important job. And without them, there'd be a lot more accidents. And but working in a construction site, we've all worked on construction site. How good is it? You get there, the camaraderie with the blokes yeah. and. Yeah. Well, that, that's 100%. Well, there's a fair few AFL footballs now, like your Pikey. We've had Pikey on the yeah. show before. There's a, quite a few of them going around, We might it? have to do the CFMU team of the century. Yeah, we might have to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be a fair side, let me tell you. Yeah, it would be a fair side. 100%. Yeah. What position would you play, Griller? Oh, I'd be half full on the fence, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd do my best work with a can in my hand, you know, probably. But... That's it. All right, uh, look, well, listen, we better cut to a track. So we've let our guest star, the, uh, Dougie, pick a song. And what have you gone for, mate? I'm a big fan of Billy Joel, and uh, I loved his first hit, which was called The Piano Man. John at the bar is a friend of mine. You 
gets me my drinks for free And he's quick with a joke or to light up your smoke But there's some place that he'd rather be Talking with David, who's still in the Navy and probably will be for life. Young Douglas, do you like that, mate? That yeah, the foot tapping. How good was that, mate? You can't go wrong there. Billy Joel, piano Billy Joel. man. Not bad, eh? Pretty good crowd for a Saturday. The manager gives you a smile. <laughs> yeah, happy <Whoa>. days. <laughs> it's got it all. <laughs> all right, well, listen. Uh, we're, we're, the time's on the march. We better get a bit of job news in that camper. What do we got, mate? So uh, let's have a look here. We'd have to mention 
John Holland. I mean, John Holland, we yeah. have to save a spot from every week there because they're just putting their heads up all the time. One of the lowest things I've ever seen. <laughs> yes, he was on the John Holland's job, but old Ray Plant and his mate Adrian Snyder have actually used used our RDO calendar. They've got them up all over the job and in my little my little office I call the dog kennel and the only place I'm allowed to go. But they've they've what would you call it? What would you they, say? They've removed the CFMU off our, our calendar. Yeah, but there's a word for it. There's they, when they do it with the computer. But anyway, what it is... Deleted. Well, well it's deleted. It's I knew above del- that. It's, it's I knew deleted. The, the calibre in this room. I'll give you the Any, Anyway, so <laughs> the calendar's all... They're using a calendar, but they've taken the sphere for me off it. Now, honestly, how far... How far and how, how, how childish... How have to be. And how stupid have you got to be? They're saying it's, it's not code compliant. Now, mate, this is the biggest you know, fallacy of all times. I don't know how many times we talk about this on the radio show... This ABCC are being. I don't know how much we pay on them. Five hundred million. Now they got two hundred million dollars in the last uh, two hundred million yeah, last budget. So and we paid them to tell these builders that you can't have a CFMU RDO calendar up. Uh, I mean, this is getting beyond the joke. So where are we actually going to look at that legally? But um, but this this and I think it's come down to this. I think it's come down. It's not the ABCC. So some of these people on the job is just a hatred for the CFMU. Oh, it's yeah. Well, John Holland, since their perception, how bad have they been? Ever since the task force come in, they've always ran the line harder than any other builder. Yeah. They've got no compassion for workers, and they want to get the reason they want to get the CFMU off the job, the stickers and all that, because they know that's we're proud of our union and our members like to see our stuff up there. Exactly. But, I mean, just to do that, is to, for, I just couldn't believe it. So, special cheer out of Ray Plant and Adrian Schneider. Because oh. I think they've, they've got a fair bit to do about that. So, uh, stay tuned on that. Well, we, on John Holland, we had one during the week. And this is a bit of a crack at work, Safe. Um, about a month ago on a John Holland civil job, one of the big civil infrastructure jobs, the HSR had a dispute about silica dust saying, well, we've got no controls. One And the official, WorkSafe went against the HSR and the official, said it's not an issue. And now we've had a bloke exposed 10 times over the silica level you're allowed to be exposed to on that job. You know, we go on about how WorkSafe, they, they, they have forgot their way. They don't care about us anymore. Toothless tiger. Mate, they don't care about us. Like the upper management at WorkSafe, the executive level, knocking back, pulling notices off inspectors on the ground, and then you get a situation like that. Now, this this bloke's life's, you know, at risk, you know, with the silica. Yeah. It, you know, we've had many a member die of silica dust disposal. It doesn't get them today, but it might get them in, you know, oh, 10 years' time. It's a new asbestos, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's terrible. So that's... Yeah, right. and, and and we also had a fatality during the week. Yeah, long-term pumpy member of ours, Sonny, um, passed away on a job in St Albans. Um, he pumping concrete. He uh, he was pumping concrete by himself, doing housing. Obviously, he was between between gigs, working for a company out there. The pump knuckle arm snapped, and the whole pump come down on him, and uh, tragically took his life. The, wor- the worst thing about it, at, you know, we've had a bloke lose his life on a job. The concreters continued to finish the concrete slab. You know what I mean? Oh, Jesus. I don't know, like, I don't know what WorkSafe and doing about that, but obviously we'll, it'll be a good test for WorkSafe and hopefully they can do their job and the family can get some uh, justice. You know, you shouldn't be working with a pump by yourself. It was all out of date. There was no checks done on it, no nothing. You know, it's housing. You, we all know what it's like. But the industrial man sort of stuff's come in, so... Hopefully we can hold that company to account, and they can, you know, 
get so, some justice for the family. And we know WorkSafe's listening, so get on to that one, boys. Yeah, they are listening. Yeah. And we need a thank you too, a special thank you to the Ironside boys who have been ringing us up and letting us know what's all the unsafe things that's going on in the jobs, and especially the management. Oh, yeah. The management. Yeah, the, the management on the jobs has been ringing us and telling us some unsafe work practice. So thank you to those guys. Yeah. So we're, time's on the march. Yep. So we've got to come up with a, a scallywag of the week. And I think that it'd have to be the pump. Pump, yeah. Well, yeah. You've pumping company or, or, or whoever's supposed to be in charge there. And, and a special mention to John Holland for Ray Plant and Adrian Snyder. And we have to do a special mention to John Holland, uh, Robert Joyce, who retired, but, you know, yep. seen at Centrelink. And, All um, right, so we're, we're, we're going to give it to um, the, what was the name of the company? Polygra. Uh, Polygra. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll get back to you about that anyway. Yeah. And also the. Uh, the winder of the week. Winder of the week, WorkSafe. Apparently they've work been safe. they've been sucking about us because they got a bit of a mention last time. Because we've been shit counting them. So, well, they got it again. Yeah, they're in again. Dougie like that one. <laughs> so, All right, so we've, so we've got that. We've got that. Uh, and, and we're going out with. Oh, and we're going the same old way. Dare to struggle. Dare to win. You don't fight, you lose. It's good morning from the Concrete Gang, and a special thanks to Dougie. And we'll, we'll have him back. He was very professional. We've got a song for Robert Joyce, Hard Work at Centrelink. I lost me job when me boss went broke. First time in 30 years I'd been out of work. I thought I'd apply for unemployment benefits So off I went down to Centrelink I stood in a line that stretched out the front door When I finally got to the counter, I asked for a form They said I should have rung up or used the internet Cos that's the way they do things now at Centrelink Slightly disgruntled, I went home and made the call when I finally spoke to a human, it was half past four. I was hot and dry and I needed a drink. I'd put in a hard day's work at Centrelink. They asked all sorts of questions about who did what with who. So wonder they didn't want to know the last time I had a poo. They gave me a long list of documents to bring. Tomorrow when I went back to Centrelink. Being unemployed is bloody hard work I've been busier than a bookmaker's clerk Paperwork and interviews take 40 hours a week you think that I was working at Centrelink I had to prove who I was at least a hundred times Passport and library card and unpaid parking fines you should have known who I was, at least that's what you think. I was interviewed by me brother-in-law, he works at Centrelink. And then I had to see someone called the job provider. But he was on stress leave, so I talked to his offsider. That old mate didn't have a clue, he was thick as two short planks. Seemed anyone can get a job working at Centrelink. He said I needed retraining, and he sent me on my way. To a seminar that taught me how to write a resume I did a few courses and got a ticket in OHS. Now I'm fully qualified to work at Centrelink Well being unemployed is bloody hard work 
I've been busy as and I bookmakers clerk. Paperwork and interviews take 40 hours a week. You'd think that I was working for Sandley. Now I know public servants who don't work as hard as me. They get holidays and super and 50 grand a year. Now it's time for this injustice to end. I'm asking for a pay rise from Santa Link. That little Johnny Howard, he's a clever little bloke. Without us even knowing, he's got us working for the dole. He's bodged up the figures, he didn't even blink. Cos we've got full employment, we're all working for Santa Link. Yeah, being unemployed is bloody hard work. I've been busier than a bookmaker's clerk. Paperwork and interviews take 40 hours a week. You think that I was working for Santa Link? I'm working me ass off here at Santa Link. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.